Welcome to the Rachel Kujup Show. I'm Rachel Kujup and my mission is to help you build a business that supports your multi-passionate lifestyle, create content with confidence and clarity, and launch profitable signature services and products. It is possible to blend who you are with what you do and gain financial freedom while still making a positive contribution to the world. I have helped over 3,000 people across my workshops and programs become respected and successful leaders and creators in their community. I know you have big dreams for your business and life. So are you ready to be seen and heard? In today's episode, I'll show you how to make it happen. Welcome to the Rachel Kujup Show. In today's episode, I'm speaking with my good friend and fellow copywriter, Susan Reock. Susan is a UX copywriting expert who spent the last 10 years writing razor sharp web copy for everyone from bookkeepers to booking.com. She teaches other copywriters how to get ahead with UX in her weekly newsletter, The UX Factor, and inside her group coaching program, UX to Profit. Today, we are chatting all things UX copywriting, and I just know you're going to get so much from this conversation with Susan, so let's dive in. I'm so excited to have you on the show today to talk about how small business owners can use UX copy to bring in more customers and profit. As a fellow copywriter, we're always chatting about copy, so I thought it would make total sense to have you on the show so we can have this conversation live because I always benefit from your incredible advice and I always learn so much from you. So for the non-copywriters listening, would you please define what the hell UX copywriting even means? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Rach. Um, Yeah, for sure. So UX stands for user experience. Um, And at the surface level, it's about making digital products. And when we talk about digital products, we're usually thinking about apps or more functional websites, easy to use. Um, So whenever you experience friction, when you're trying to achieve something on the internet, um, that's bad UX. And I I always lead with that because usually it's easier to remember those um, experiences where I don't know, like you might be trying to check in for a flight or do something that's quite high stress um, and the interface is making it more difficult than it needs to be. Whereas if it's super seamless, you probably don't even notice um, the amount of work that has probably gone into making it so. Um, And so that's the UX sort of part of it. And then there's, you know, people are usually a little bit more familiar with what copywriting is. So that's the kind of copywriting that's really aimed at driving sales. So back in the day, that would have been, you know, direct response sales letters, TV ads, billboards, you know, we all think Mad Men. Um, But now, obviously, a lot of that is done online. So focusing on websites, sales pages, digital ads, emails, etc., So what I mean when I talk about UX copywriting, because I'm sure everyone has, you know, their own interpretation, but it's considering the user experience even on a marketing website. So making, you know, using those same marketing or copywriting techniques, but underpinning that with um, a considered user journey, making sure the copy is clear, concise and useful and looking for points of friction and smoothing those over. So it looks at the overall structure of the website or you know whatever you're working on, could also be a funnel, um, and as well as the journeys that people take through it. 
Oh, I love that. Such a meaty response. Thank you so much for sharing. And you're so right. Like, I think people always do remember those really bad, high stress moments. Or, you know, when you think something's going to be really simple, like the other day, it's like, I want to order more coffee beans. Freaking 20 minutes later, I'm still trying to like faff about on their website because they kept crash, like crashing and redirecting and it wasn't clear where to purchase it. And I nearly stopped. And the only reason why I didn't is because I already invested so much time and they had the specific beans I want. But was that a great customer experience? No. And if I could get it from somewhere else, would I have? Yes. So I think it's so important to realize that there are so many options out there now with like online and you don't have to shop just locally if you don't want to. And so if you have like not this kind of stuff sorted, your customers will go elsewhere because I know, and I've obviously been following incredible leaders like you, and I know that you're a key part of this, but I feel like UX has always been important, you know, since we've been on the web the last 10 or so years, but it's been particularly important for the last five years or so for small business owners mostly because like you said, we've got funnels, marketing, sales, websites, like we can't just go, oh yeah, they'll figure it out. So I'd love to know like why you think UX is so important for us to know and consider when creating content. Yeah, totally. I mean, you just sort of, you you just gave a really beautiful example of how important it is. So when you have a really great experience on a website, um, everything just flows, you know, you can quickly and confidently complete an action and that might be a sale or to purchase something like the coffee bean example. It might be to fill in a form, do you know, like for, like even to go to the doctors online or something like that. It might be to log into your account, it can be super frustrating, you know, when you're not able to quickly log into your account, it could be something like making a bank transfer or checking your balance. So when this all goes well, um, like you said, you, you don't even notice the things that got you there, the really well thought out user journey supported by, you know, the little bits of copy that we know as micro copy, um, you know, but like you said, if you get a really technical sounding error message, if it's written in really big, you know, if there's lots of blocks of really flowery or dense jargon filled prose, um, if there are too many things in a navigation or not enough things in a navigation for you to find what you need, if there's no clear call to action, all these things, you know, just sort of block you from having, from being able to do the thing that you want to do. And so that's why it's important from a, from a, customer or user perspective but obviously from a business perspective um, if you make it easy for people to navigate through your site if you write in the way that they're speaking or in a way that's familiar to them um, and if you make it easy for them to understand what you're saying you're more likely to hit those key business metrics so just a little um, you know point on that I did some work on microcopy on an upsell um, on a cart page recently. So, you know, a lot of people think about the sales page, but the cart page is also important because you can also, you know, people can get, click through to the cart page and then have second thoughts and drop out. And that upsell actually converted at 42%. So, you know, it can have a really um, significant impact on those key metrics. Um, and the, so the goal, you know, we can talk about sales and leads is obviously the, the big one that most people think of. But yeah, like I said, it can be other things. It's not always just about 
getting more sales and leads. Um, it can also be, you know, can people find this crucial piece of information they need more easily? Can they log into their account seamlessly? You know, it could be to reduce the number of customer service requests that you're getting. Whatever the job is of your website, that's what we're aiming to do. And let me know if you agree. I also think it's about like the no like, and trust factor. I don't know about you, but when I go on websites and it's really confusing and I don't know where to go and I can't click, unless I, like I said before, with a coffee example, really need this to flow and really need the outcome on the other end, I start to lose trust of the business. I won't return. I look for other alternatives. And I think that's so important as well to consider. Like, like you said, yes, you can make sales. Um, yes, you can reduce customer service, but also that trust process, because when it goes really well, people go, yep, they know what they're doing. They know what I need. They give me everything I need at the right time. So I'm not overwhelmed. Do you think that is well, like that is a huge component of it? Yeah, absolutely. And a really great example um, that might be really helpful, I hope, for the listeners is the confirmation messages on your site. So, you know, someone's just completed something or maybe bought something. Are you setting a clear expectation around what happens next? You know, like when they're going to get the thing or, you know, what the next step is in the journey. So just always thinking about that journey and absolutely, you know, making people feel secure and confident and having trust in your brand. And this leads so perfectly, I think, to my next question, because I know lots of listeners and my clients are looking to hire copywriters to support them, you know, at that stage of their business when they don't want to DIY it anymore. And copywriters have specialties like any other kind of skill and field, you know, branding, SEO, et cetera. I was definitely more on the like brand story side. So when would you hire a UX copywriter versus a regular copywriter? Because I know you've mentioned customer journey a lot, which is something I talk about, which I actually associate more with marketing than I do copywriter. And that just happens to be like another area of expertise. So is that tied into like when you would hire a UX versus a regular copywriter? Yeah. So I think that it's an interesting one. I think that UX is becoming more and more part of a regular digital copywriting skill set. So if you write website copy, your words impact the user experience. Um, you know, it's just about whether you're being intentional about it, I guess, or not. Um, and the example that I just gave then on the um, checkout page, you know, was actually for a launch. So I write my share of sales pages and emails too. Um, and I love working on smaller websites inside consulting hours and VIP days. But that said, where UX is really, really critical is for really big websites. So, you know, 20 to 150 pages. That's when you really need to be understanding the user experience, how microcopy works, information architecture, content strategy. And also something called design thinking, which is sort of the process of coming up with the words and the design. And the other thing that I would say, the other place where I think it's quite crucial is websites where there's an intersection between the marketing website and the functional website. Or, and, you know, that might not just be a functional website, it might be apps or portals, login areas, stuff like that. So e-commerce sites, for example, will often have both of those, you know, it's, it's selling themselves as a brand, but it's also selling products and taking people through that checkout flow. Um, software as a service providers or SaaS providers, you know, will have a marketing website, which leads them people to set up an account, which leads to a web app, you know, so 
you know, there you really have to make sure that that process is seamless, for example. So there's there's loads of examples. I could probably go on. I actually um, was looking at some quiz copy the other day and I'm like, quizzes are another perfect example where you need people to be keeping moving through these multiple steps to get to the end. So, yeah. I love there's that example. Lots. Yeah, I mean, I have a quiz. I know lots of my clients have a quiz. And I know you um, messaged me. I can't remember exactly what your advice was, but we're playing around, remember, with the button copy of my freebie and like ads were pointing to it and we're testing different things. And your suggestion was so good. And like as a copywriter, I was thinking about so many other things and slap on, you know, my own wrist. I forgot about the micro copy, like the button copy. And you're like, hey, what about this? And I was like, God damn it, Susan. Like it works so much better when I made the change. But I love that you like pointed that out to me because there is so much for business owners to think about. And that's why I think sometimes it is worth giving that to someone who's an expert in that space so they can actually focus on the other things that just don't need to take up space in your brain. Like there are so many things I had to think about that. And that small button text change really did have a huge impact. At the time, I think the freebie was converting at like 80 or 85%, which was like huge and blew up my um, list because of that. And I know it was little things like the customer journey, the button text, we did have confirmation once they signed up and said like, check out your inbox you know, the PDF is coming. Then within that, there was like buttons to download it and like more messaging that point to Instagram that I've got heaps of followers. Like it was all mapped out through that copy. And it took a long time to think about that. And there were so many things to think about. It was like convert kit with the landing page, Facebook ads. It was the website. And I think for a lot of us, when we're starting out, there is a lot to think about. And one thing um, that I know gets kind of ignored a lot is just generally the website. So you can have all of that set up, but then when everyone else was checking my, out my website, if the copy was terrible, if the images didn't load, if there was no kind of like next steps on my website, I know that people wouldn't have moved through and I wouldn't have got sales. So having a functional, functional, accessible and profitable website is essential and all these other things support it. So can you share three simple ways business owners can improve the usability of their site? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, the first thing I would say is to check that when people first come to your site that, you know, and let's let's focus on the homepage here, but that it's really clear in the hero. So before people scroll or take any action, um, that it's really clear what either the site or your business offers. So depend on, you know, the website there. So according to a study by the Nielsen Norman Group, who do a lot of research in the UX area, only 36% of websites include a tagline that explicitly summarizes what the site or company does. So there's a huge opportunity there to stand out um, and get noticed. Because the one thing you can guarantee when people come to your homepage is that that is what, as long as everything loads, that that is what people are gonna see. You you know, it doesn't rely on them scrolling, clicking, anything like it's just there. So it's prime real estate. Um, the next thing I would say is um, mobile. So we know that about 50% of website browsing is done on a mobile device. But as business owners, we tend to sit at our desktop and to look at our own website on desktop. So the next thing I would think about doing is, you know, think about what the main thing is that you want someone to do on your website, then open up your website on your phone and see how easy it is to do that thing. You know, if, if the buttons are too small, if the text is too 
small, if there's a pop-up that gets in the way, if the messaging is really inconsistent or if there's a gap that, you know, assumes certain knowledge that they would have to have to take to the next step, you know, you can fix them and plug those gaps. So that's a great um, a thing for people to try. And the other thing that I would say is on your 404 error page, um, just make sure there are links um, or a link so that people can get back to your main, um, you know, back into the main part of the website easily. So there are three little things people could try. That's amazing. It just made me think like, crap. Do I have that on my 404 page? God damn it. Every time I talk to you, I'm like, I need to run away and do something now. But they're such good points because, again, it's helping people get to where they want to go, get the information they need, and to take an action, which is why they would have landed on the website or why we sent them there in the first place. And you're so right, right about mobile. I'm always testing on mobile um, and desktop. And it's funny how things can look so great on desktop and then just not convert to mobile. Um, a good one I'm glad you mentioned was the pop-ups. Like if you want to use them on your website and if you're keen and it works for you, great. But I don't know about you. I find it so frustrating when I'm looking, say from Instagram to like a website and I'm like trying to sign up to like a free workshop or, you know, pay for a workshop and all of these pop-ups are coming and they're actually disrupting me from doing the main action they wanted me to do. So what can we think or do to make sure that doesn't happen? Because sometimes we do want to pop up, but sometimes we don't. Like, is there some questions we can ask ourselves to kind of, I guess, like rate what type of action we want first? Because I'm guessing they've got the pop up there. If we don't do the website, we'll do a secondary action, yet the secondary action stopping me doing the first action. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think like, I think you've nailed it there. Like just thinking about the hierarchy of um, prior or I guess priorities, like what you really want people to be doing and not putting in a point of friction that's going to stop them from doing that. So you probably wouldn't have a pop up on a checkout page for example, um, because someone is just about to convert, the last thing you want to do is to distract them. So I think just being intentional with pop-ups, um, yeah, and not having it as like the first thing that someone sees because that's not what you want. That's not the priority. And I would love your opinion, just copywriter to copywriter. What's your thoughts on, because I'm getting asked this all the time for my clients, so I thought I'd throw it in. What's your thoughts Ooh. on pop-ups when you're about to leave the site and suddenly it's like don't go do all these actions before you go <laughs> um yeah I don't I don't mind it <laughs> um if it's something if it's something that will genuinely you know help help the user um or that they might you know like oh just before you go just want to check you don't want this thing I don't think that that is the worst experience in the world but you know I think this was something that's really important to say too is everything that I'm saying you know test it test that it works for you there isn't and this is what I was talking about with design thinking, there isn't a blanket rule that everyone can just apply to their website and get instant more conversions, or we'd all be doing it. It's about testing and trialing these things and seeing what works for you and for your audience. Yeah, I love that answer. I'm personally not a fan because I'm like, I'm clearly not getting what I want. Let me go. Let me go. <laughs> um, but I can see how it would work in perhaps different contexts for sure. Like shopping, I'm a sucker for that. And did you think about this? And it'll match me that sucker for the complete my outfit pop up. So I guess like you're so right in certain situations. Perfect. Maybe in a business situation, 
think about if it's actually going to work for your business. So I love that um, you shared that. So I know most of us are aware of things like button text, which I talked about before, really can determine whether someone buys or not. But there are so many other places, like you've mentioned with microcopy, that UX copy has a huge impact. So where do you see most like websites going wrong or what's some other areas and places we can think about with that microcopy? Um, so if we're thinking about like buttons, because you mentioned buttons, um, you know, if you've got really, really long button copy, I see this sometimes like a full sentence to the point where it doesn't look like a button anymore, where it kind of just looks like a banner on that page. I would just say, you know, you could try, just take that sentence out and put it above the above the button. Like people tend to think of buttons as little islands. I think because they look like little islands, maybe. And they're that, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but they're not. They're within the context of the page and they should sit within the context of the conversation. So you can take that sentence out, maybe put it as a question above it, and then just have like a really nice, short, action-focused um, button copy or CTA on the button. Um, and the second thing that I see with button a lot is... Um, overly cutesy and therefore quite vague button copy so there's always going to be exceptions where these work of course but people do need to you know quickly understand what's going to happen when they click on that button because there can be you know we're in this world in this website in this digital world where we kind of know conventions of things so we know if we click a button on a sales page that's going to take us to a cart page that there's going to be another point of consideration but someone who is not as experienced with it might think you know that their credit card is going to get charged or something like that so we want to be as clear as possible around a button um, we want to be always trying to remove anxiety around clicking a button and the third thing that I will reiterate again is test just test your buttons out because for every rule there is an exception so it's always about experimenting and seeing what works for your audience and I want to ask is there anything else that we should think be thinking about specifically for blogs because we've covered everything else and I know that I'm always getting asked a lot of questions with things like blogs and podcasts and I know that something that a lot of my clients are thinking about too and they have their own pages on their websites I certainly do so is there anything we should be thinking about in terms of that part of our content marketing yeah that's a great question Rachel so the interesting thing about a blog is that it's almost a landing page in a way because if you're SEO optimized quite often people will be clicking in through a blog post so once someone has read through the blog post what do they do next? So it's always thinking about that next action. So it is great if in your um, blog template, you've got something at the bottom of that blog that takes them on to learn more, maybe opt in for your, you know, email newsletter or, you know, to another blog even at least, but something that keeps them engaging with you um, and getting to know you in that conversation can be really helpful. Oh, I love that. And you're so right. Like I have, um, you know, other blogs or podcast episodes they can listen to, but I go to so many websites and particularly you're right. If I'm like searching for something on the web and it's been SEO optimized, I'm like, hell yes, go exactly what I uh, need. But after that, I'm like, bye. And I just like click out of it and I'm not doing anything else on that site. And I'll probably never come back to it. And I probably don't even know who wrote it. Like if it's an article or what blog posts they get what I need. So I love that you shared that because I know so many of my clients really are trying to claim their expertise and position themselves as a thought leader, which is why they're creating 
blogs and podcasts in the first place. So I love that you also shared that with us. So what's the one thing you'd like listeners to take away from our epic conversation on UX copy? Yes, I hope that this has come through, (laughs) Um, but it's about considering the whole journey that someone is on when they read your copy. So whenever you sit down to write a piece of, um, you know, a web page or a piece of copywriting, an email, just anything, think about where the person is coming from and where they're going to next and what they're likely feeling in the moment um, and write to that. Oh, I love that. That is such a key takeaway. So thank you so much for coming onto the Rachel Kujip show and sharing your story, insights and wisdom. I know listeners are going to take so much away from what you shared with us today. So welcome. Such a pleasure, Rachel, always. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found what I've shared valuable, please leave a review and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss when a new episode drops every Wednesday.